fuck up. So, looking for the ocean, where we watch everything Pixar has ever made. That includes features, short films, tech demos, and more. I'm Danny Vincent, and as always, I'm joined by Mark Young. And I have a very special announcement to make about today's episode, which is... <clears throat> Lemmings! I got a feeling this journey might be as smooth as we hoped. <laughs> because you might not remember it, but tomorrow is everyone's favorite international holiday, April Fool's Day. Ergo... Shout out to our listeners from Belgium. Yeah, we're pranking you with a Norm of the North episode. Do, 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 do. Yeah, how did we arrive at this? Well, to quote my other favorite actor in this movie, Bill Nye, um, he once said in an interview with someone, why were you in Norm of the North? And his response was, I have not seen Norm of the North, but I have seen the dorm room door that it built. Yeah, I don't know. That that needs another draft. My joke. But like, <laughs> yeah. Well, a good lesson to learn from Norm of the North is that things just need to be much simpler. Well, Norm of the North is a 2016 film, the directorial debut of Trevor Wall, who, as far as I can tell, has never worked again. <laughs> Since he showed up with Norm of the North and then he left. That was it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He directed several episodes of a Disney Junior show called Puppy Dog Pals, which apparently, oh, just got canceled in January. I don't think he has a Wikipedia page or anything like that. No, he does. I have his, I was just on his Wikipedia page. But Trevor Wall, uh, you know what? Maybe, maybe I should get more of a backstory of why we from his April Fool's joke. Uh, yeah, that's what I was asking about. <laughs> So, I don't even know how we got it, but when I was in college, Julius and I one year found, like, a real theatrically sized Norm of the North poster, and I think that's very important, because I think you can buy, like, you know, posters, whatever you want, like, from Walmart and stuff, but no, this was, like, a legit Norm of the North poster, like, from the movie feeder, and we don't know, like, how we got it, really, I can't remember, I think it might have been, like, a double-sided thing, like... You could get this on one side, and like it was another like cheap animated movie on the other side. And we thought Normal the North was funny, so we hung up that side. But I also don't know the whole story behind it. I can't remember. So you had never seen it before you hung up that poster? No, I hadn't. But you know, it's well, actually, there are no kids. If you went to see like a late showing of Puss in Boots right now, I would have all the same trailers as like I can't give an example right now. I guess it last last November, okay. Last Christmas, if you wanted to see Strange World and then you saw Puss in Boots back-to-back, you'd probably get the exact same trailers in front of it. Because every kid's movie gets the exact same trailers. And in 2015, 2016, you know, everything is Norm of the North. They're advertising it everywhere. It looks bad always. And I I think I remember very distinctly, I think I got the trailer once like at Force Awakens. January 2016 is a fascinating transition period for Lionsgate because... They just completed The Hunger Games. So now they're out of franchises, and they're a couple years out from John Wick breaking out to become a franchise. Because 2019 is back when they, like, get franchising. Because they have John Wick 3, which finally, like, pushes that movie to, like, an actual, like, blockbuster instead of, like, Taken level. And then you also have that year, Knives Out, which, of course, they lose the sequel to. But at the time, it's like, ah, oh, that'll be a great new franchise for them, you know? Yeah. But... Um... 2016 is a little late to be making, like, bad kids' animated movies. 
They make bad kids make animated movies every day, Mark. I'll tell you this. We're going to watch some bad... Like, there are a couple... One thing I'll say is, I don't know where you watch... If you watch this on Amazon Prime, but it ended on Amazon Prime for me. It's like, do you want to watch this next? And I was like, no, because that is a film we have as a detour because it's from a director of a Pixar thing. <laughs> so they make bad animated movies all the time. It's just now they get shunted onto streaming. Speaking of Amazon Prime, if you're listening to this on Friday, you might have one more day to watch Norm of the North because I think it actually leaves Amazon Prime on April 1st. Yeah. So, so you got got rushed over to nor- watch Norm of the North. Now you can be like an hour and a half closer to death. Before we talk about Norm of the North, I want to break down this poster. The poster that I well, first off, did you watch Amazon Prime, Mark? Yeah. Did you notice that there were two versions of the film? Um, oh, I, oh, not on Prime. I knew that in the world there were two versions of the film, but I didn't know that it, Prime gave me that option. Well, I didn't know there were two versions of the film in the world. That's interesting to me. Wait, what? This makes no sense! Well, the, the UK, there's one, I, the there's one, one where they, they made James Corden the polar bear actor for the UK. But why would they change that? He's more famous than the guy they got! That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm even more perplexed now by this film. I guess I, maybe it was they had incredible foresight to know that audience was, audiences in the U.S. wouldn't respond well to James Corden, so they just, like, got the guy from Game of Thrones to do that voice part and then put, put him back in the U.K. where James Corden maybe is known for his theater work. I hadn't opened this up yet. There's too many details on this page. <laughs> too much, they have too much information for me to process. Yeah, Wikipedia is great. It really goes into like why they cast certain people. And Ken Jong talks about how much everyone loved his character. Well, we still got to talk about the poster first. Because one thing I want to say about the poster that's on Wikipedia, which you can see, is that it features Norm wearing a New York shirt that he never wears in the entire film. And this is the poster that was on my door. He never wears that shirt in this film. He doesn't have a shirt in this film. He's naked the entire time. With the exception of one scene where he goes, I guess I'm coming out. And it's like, is this a gay joke or are they just not know how to write this scene? I can't tell if this is homophobic or if it's just confusing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think it was homophobic. Unfortunately, I think the little turn of phrase there really got me. That might be one of the better written jokes in the movie. There's one joke in it that had me laughing hysterically. But I can't remember it. I watched this, okay. I watched this at 9 p.m. last night. Exhausted from work, but knowing I was going to sleep in today and not be awake in time to watch the movie before we recorded. So I watched this where uh, I recorded it. I don't think I'm going to replay it back because I don't think it's going to go in the mic well. But I recorded it. I watched it. I'm sorry. I watched it, and it was definitely something where about like 10 minutes into it, I was like, hell yeah. Oh yeah, go Norm, you're doing it. Yeah, <laughs> just to keep myself awake. Doing it. Is it the scene where he is like fighting off the guy with the tranquilizer gun in the sushi? No, restaurant? no, it was way before that. It was like, it was like when he's jumping into the the model home and it's being taken. I'm like, hell yeah, Norm, you go to New York. Yeah, do it. Oh no, Norm. Uh, oh, I remember what had me laughing hysterically. It's a scene that doesn't make. I think it's designed to be a joke. It's just stupid. It's when she's like, ah, the director quit. So I got to shoot a new commercial version of this. Oh, sweet. I'm getting chased by a bear that's trying to kill me. This will make great. This will make people want to buy houses here. I just started laughing really bad at that. 
Because it's not even treated as a joke. It's like, yeah, of course. That's that's what people would want to do. <laughs> they see this uh, video. I guess we should talk a bit about the plot of Norm of the North. There are a few different threads. One of the so big it's a very complicated movie. Yeah, one of, the, one of the big criticisms is that there is too much going on. Norm is a polar bear, and he's one of only two polar bears that can talk to humans. Which is so weird to me. They could just have them all be able important. to talk to humans and just have it be a secret. Yeah. Why, why, is it, why is it like a wild thornberries thing? Yeah, it's it's not super important, um, but basically... I mean, it is really important that he can talk, but it's weird that there's a distinction. Sorry, go on. Well, no, I don't think it is important. I think it's like you said, if it was just a movie where people could talk to animals, it would just work better. Oh, okay, that's what, um, yeah, okay, 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 yeah, go on. Then. Yeah, and I'm not even saying like a barnyard or Toy Story thing. I'm just like, they should just all be able to talk. Yeah. That's my that's my fix, but it's so early in the movie we learn that a green the green company and the bosses played by Ken Jong is trying to build houses in the Arctic, and they don't like this <laughs> for like they don't like having the houses there, so and I think they just say because they. They don't like having people in the Arctic. Well, no, because it's going to ruin the environment. There's like a oh. vague gesturing to climate change. Like, our home might be gone soon, but since Rob Schneider is like a far-right person, it doesn't go beyond that. <laughs> well, so they make these these pre-made houses that they're building in the Arctic, and um, Norm's family doesn't like him because he can't hunt or something. Well, okay... That's some. That's some, That's there. But we we haven't seen the best part about Norm, which is that we're introduced to him as he likes to dance, and this really like never comes up. <laughs> but there will well, be like I think, every... I think liking to dance is how he like gets work, kind of. There's an but like interesting... every every twelve minutes in this movie, it'll just be like randomly normal, just start dancing. It'll be like okay. Yeah, this <laughs> movie never... doesn't know. I'm well. Yeah, so he he likes to dance, and they're building these houses in the Arctic. He jumps onto one of the houses as they're pulling it away, and he rides the house on a boat back to New York because he's trying to stop them from building more houses. He doesn't he doesn't go with Heather Graham like she doesn't know he's there until he gets to New York, right? He, no, yeah, yeah. He tries okay. to sell the Arctic. To save the Arctic. Yes. So he could so several times in this film also. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets to New York. And Heather Graham is a real estate salesperson who is there trying to sell these houses. And he goes back to New York and he tries to get a job in the commercials for this real estate company. And then he kind of, we kind of forget about his... He, then it then it becomes a movie about him like trying to become famous, and the whole <laughs> hey the, the internal logic makes no sense. He's like, I gotta become super famous and get these things to like these houses sold, because then I can be like, not nah, as stupid, and everyone will listen to me after they've yeah. already bought their houses. <laughs> yeah, and well, and then we remember that his grandpa has been missing but apparently his grandpa who is also able to talk to humans <laughs> was kidnapped by mr green who is the owner of the real estate company 
and then at the end of the movie he rescues his grandpa and they go back to the arctic and they destroy the houses that are going to be shipped up there um and then they also reveal to everyone that the green company was actually corrupt because it was working with these people who people in the government who were opponents of protecting the climate or whatever and there's also like there's also a Hillary Clinton cameo yeah um (laughs) a completely unrelated scene where they're just at a sushi bar (laughs) what she's at the sushi bar yeah she's at the sushi bar she's just in the background she doesn't have a line but it's like so obviously a character that's designed to be Hillary Clinton oh I got you um yeah, and then the movie ends. I don't really remember. They get no. He has know. kids with the girl who has like two lines in the movie. She's like, "Norm, why don't you come back at some point?" And then we cut back to the audience three kids at the end. Yeah, and I don't think. I mean, we could we could like rewatch it and dig into it, but I think I've kind of summed up the plot in a way that tells you what the experience of watching the movie is like. You didn't mention Bill Nye, who plays. Oh yeah, well. A bird with glasses who keeps talking about how they can't be infected. Like, he doesn't want the environment to be infected by humans, even though he somehow got glasses from the humans that he wears everywhere. I gotta yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, he, he shows up in the beginning of the movie. He's just kind of like a mentor figure and someone that Norm can talk to. Who's, yeah, who's, and who's not his brother. Who's like an asshole. The thing, that, the thing that's really funny about this movie, and the reason that I stopped watching after 15 minutes and started watching Happy Feet and then watched all of Happy Feet and then came back to Norm of the North is that the beginning of Norm of the North, the world before the plot, is that northern animals are, like, performing for humans so that they'll give them fish and protect the climate or whatever. So, like, Norm doesn't like the showbiz deceit of that because his brother... He dances more than anyone else does in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's like how the movie starts, is that everyone knows that all the animals are great dancers. <laughs> well, um, the first thing in this movie that really confused me was we get Norm's... The movie opens, okay, Norm is hunting an elephant seal. And he eventually, like, you know, catches up and he's like, oh, you're too cute, I can't eat ya. And then he's like, let me tell you my tragic backstory. And it's like when he's a baby Norm and there's this girl who's on her phone watching videos and like doing stuff. And I'm just like, hold up. I know this movie came out in 2016. So I got to assume at the time this is taking place in the future because Norm is like, I looked it up. Norm, I I mean, I don't know if he has a canonical age, but I got to assume he's like, you know, at least 10 years old, bare age, you know, real life age. So if that scene's in 2006, it's inaccurate. That was, ah. that was my first main thought with this movie. <laughs> it's like, what? You had a real Ratatouille moment of what time does this movie take place in? Yeah, exactly. It's like, these norms and... The, you know, actually, side note, side tangent about another Lionsgate movie is um because John Wick 4 came out last week, aka today when we're recording this, I've been running for the John Wick movies again, and... Uh, so I'm often made fun of for having like these things where not often, but there are a couple of things among my friends where I'll see a movie and I'll say something afterwards. They'll be like, "How the how did you miss that?" 
Uh, the most famous one being a, in A Quiet Place, where I thought the kid who died was just a random kid that was hanging out with him. Um, and then in the sequel, it's like, come over here, son. I'm like, what? That was his, their son the whole time who died? Didn't we see Quiet Place together? Yeah. Did that never come up that he was, like, related to them? No, it's never said. But I guess everyone just assumed it at the time. and it was just. But here's the thing. Here's, what, I'll, here's my defense of that. I always assumed that that kid was so dumb there was no way it was their kid because all the other kids the other two kids in the movie know to be quiet at the beginning of this pandemic or the, this world and it takes place like eight or nine months into it so it's like how could this kid be so stupid eight or nine months into it to just like click a rocket ship to make a loud noise so i just assumed oh, yeah. he was like some kid they picked up in their journeys who died <laughs> what it, i thought yeah, it made sense this kid's stupid i don't know i mean yeah, anyway this is related to what I'm saying, because I was watching John Wick 2 earlier this week, and afterwards I'm on Twitter, and I don't know who tweeted it, but someone, like, cause everyone's tweeting about John Wick this week, because the new one's out. It's like, I wish I lived in the world where Buster Keaton movies are just projected on the side of the wall in Times Square, and I was like, wait, what? So, you've seen John Wick 2, right? Yeah. I always assumed that opening scene was like in Tokyo or something. Not in New York. And the reason mm. why is, is I always watch those movies back to back. And John Wick 1 has such a different aesthetic than the other two. And John Wick 1 obviously takes place in New York. So when it cuts to this, like, neon vision of what I guess now is New York, I was just assuming it was like, okay, so he's, like, overseas and his cars got shipped overseas somewhere. But no, it's just, it's apparently New York and I never knew that. Yeah, uh, well, uh, the 2 and 3 kind of blend together for me because of what you mentioned. The aesthetic is so different. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Where he gets the car back. Yes. Did you think that was New York? I don't remember. That's that's what I'm saying is I like I just have I have no memory of two and three really except for a few fight scenes. And the, the time when he cool. gets I mean, there are like there are like moments, but I'm just saying I have I guess maybe I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm just like Ah, two and three are a blur. Okay. Norm of the North. Norm what do we think North. of the movie? Let's give it a read. I had a bad time. So neither of us have watched this before last night. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought this was way better than I expected. Three out of ten. Um, <laughs> but the yeah, reason I, I mean, well, no, no, the, I mean, oh, sorry, go on. No, the reason I say that is I don't know about you, but with my job being what it's been for the last since like 2015, I've seen my fair share of really bad kids animated movies, and the fact that I can get ironic enjoyment out of this one is good because a lot of the time you watch something like this and it's just like you don't get, like to me it's like it's kind of funny right now that like. You know, she's running away from... Like, this at least is, like, stupid at points. And I can enjoy the stupidness of it. It's not like the Emoji movie where you're like, ha, 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 I'm gonna watch the Emoji movie and see how shitty it is. It's like... And then you're just given, like, the most generic thing ever. This is, like, generic, like, structurally, but it has a lot of weird stuff going on within it. So it's like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm down to watch this somewhat, like, cursed material. You know, I guess that's a way to put yeah, it. Yeah, I guess so. I had a very hard time making it through. I mean, I think I, it I, does, like, around, like, the time when, like, the third act happens, I'm like, all right, we're, we're, we're done here. And it's like, there's 30 minutes left in this movie, and I'm like, okay. Up until the shut up and dance montage, which, by the way, as I said, I was very interacting with the movies yesterday. When that started playing, I was like, oh, yeah, and I just got up and started dancing along with the movie. Good. Were you, like, like, drunk when this was happening? No, I was just very tired. I was, like, oh. an evening of it. I was like, oh yeah, I love this song. And I just sit up and I was like, shut up and dance. And then they did like that weird audio cut in the middle of the song. And I was like, I guess I just didn't have the animation done. So 
Mm -hmm. It's funny. I feel like they wanted Norm of the North to be like a huge movie. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure they wanted to make money off of like, you know, I'm sure they wanted to make money off of its low budget. What is its budget? It opened up against 13 hours and um, the uh, Ride Along 2. Mm-hmm. $18 million. Also, the thing is, like, it does look bad, but the only time the animation looks absolutely terrible to me, weird, I have a weird shot to call out. It's when the boat is coming into harbor, and it, like, turns, and it very clearly is just they're adjusting the model to turn. It's not, like, an actual, like, turn at all. It's just, like, a mm-hmm. whoop. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm on a, I'm on a video. Um, I'm, doing, I'm doing, like, something with my hands right now. No one can see it. Well, uh, no, I get what you mean. I mean, that... That was, I'm I'm pretty forgiving of that actually because I will enjoy something that is like low budget animation if you make good choices and that was what threw me off about this is that like no no one is like acting like they're talking and that really bothers me especially Ken Jong's character who I keep bringing up because I was reading the Wikipedia page and he was like everyone liked my character that's surprising to like a villain and I guess that came from the Lionsgate press release rather than like the world but it's it's amazing that you could you know make this thing and it's just like completely disconnected from the performances i have a theory about his character and that's because of his design but there's a moment in the movie i think it's when he's like during the fight at the sushi restaurant and he like gives this yelp that sounds like an animal noise and i swore and before that happened i was like his character design just looks like a monkey and then when he did that, I was like, okay, so we're going to get a reveal at the end, like, that he's a monkey that can talk, and he wants to ruin the Arctic because people have already ruined the rainforest, or something like that. And then it was like, no, he's just going to be thrown in the sewer where his ponytail is going to swish back and morph like a snake at the end, and that's the movie. And I was like, ah, oh, they should have gone for the monkey twist. It's difficult. I, I know that you've said you watch a lot of crap, but... I think I know, there are worse things to show you, children. Would I pick Norman the North to show my kid? No. If my kid got stuck, like, if my kid got obsessed with Norman the North, watching it over and over again, would I be concerned? Yes, I'd probably stay home. I'd be, take a few days off work and be like, let me show you some real movies and hopefully I can get you addicted to one of these instead. Mm-hmm. But if in January 2016, I was a father of, like, a six-year-old kid and we went to see Norman the North... And my kid enjoyed it. I'd be like, okay. And I would never think about the movie again. And I wouldn't be too bothered about it. It's not like the Emoji movie where if I did that, I'd leave it. I'd be like, that was so mad I watched that. Or like, honestly, here's my hot take that I'm pretty sure I've got from this podcast before. I haven't. People who know me know me. I enjoyed this pretty much more than any Despicable Me movie. I thought it was a much better made film than any of them. So it actually has a plot. And a likable character. That being, of course... Which one is likable? The Lemmings. Oh, yeah. They're pretty likable. Because they keep dying. You don't like the minions? The minions are shit. I fucking hate the minions. I could kill them all. I would. <laughs> There's only oh, one minion right. I like, and it's Otto. That's the minion from the, the new one. of the minions. Well, it's the minion from the new one that has braces, where, like, the plot of it... The plot of the new minion movie, which... I told you, as, as long-time listeners of the podcast might remember, features a scene where the minions hijack a plane, and it's a joke, and it's really nice that we've got to that point where we can do that. But 
Those are the other three minions. There's a fourth minion in it named Otto, because the plot of the minion movie is they're, like, going after this medallion MacGuffin, and basically they assume the medallion is gone, and that's literally all they need to do to trade is to get Gru, Gru back. So the three main minions are on a journey just to catch up with the people who kidnapped Gru, okay? And then the fourth minion, Otto, is the one who lost the medallion, who very quickly gets the medallion back, which is what makes this entire plot funny, because if the other three had just waited, this whole thing would have been resolved way sooner. So then this other minion and the other is alone just trying to follow the other minions. And that minion is the one I like. Otto's a cool minion. Well, Norm They should make a movie where Norm and Otto hang out. I'm really... I don't know. If it was fast-paced, and maybe I'm not well-versed in, like, what is worse in the world, but that's really all I can say for this movie is that it, the jokes kept coming, and it didn't hold too long on anything, but it, it was really hard for me to keep paying attention from one scene to the next because of all the things we've already mentioned about how everything's disconnected and things like that. I don't know. I, I feel like it's... It's just I I had a bad time. I have watched I watched two movies in the time between when I started and finished Norm of the North because I had to wash my brain out. The thing also about Norm of the North is that it's bad. But it is bad. How would we fix it? Oh well. Uh, yeah, I just you... want to make it. <laughs> yeah, I just want to make a movie titled Norm. Can I also say one other thing I noticed, even though I guess. I didn't really full, like you know I could have rewinded and double checked, but I'm pretty sure he's introduced to everyone as Norman's the North before he ever says what his name is to anyone. Like I'm pretty sure Heather Graham walks in and goes like, "May I introduce to you Norman the North?" and he never introduced himself to her. He's just like, "Hi, I'm a polar bear <laughs> actor." <laughs> it's like, "Okay, come on in." But yeah, yeah. I I I don't want to defend it too much because it is a bad movie. But it's just like I don't know it's. It, it's so weird. And, and okay, here's the other comparison point: is I watched. I don't know if you know the movie The Nut Job, but I've seen The Nut I've Job. I've heard of that. And you'd expect it to be like of the same vein of Northern North. But the difference is The Nut Job is like terrible. Northern North is just bad. I I'm I'm amazed. I really thought we were gonna come on here and just tear apart Norm of the North. And you're well, like, I was having I had, I had a, a good time, time of it. It was very fun. Until the last half, whenever they played a top forty song, I was like, "Oh yeah, there's their 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 budget." Uh, yeah, that was the part I recorded. Actually, I don't remember because it was like I was like, "Yeah, Norm, yeah, do it," and then drama started playing. I was like, "Geronimo!" <laughs> 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 uh, I'm pretty sure that's where all the budget went to was getting the rights to Geronimo and uh, shut up and dance. I also was very surprised because I got the DVD off from the library. Okay, because I didn't know it was on Prime. And so I watched all the bonus features, but one of the bonus features I noticed on the back was, do the Arctic Shake music video. So I just assumed this came out at the time the Harlem Shake was a thing, and the Arctic Shake was like, do the Arctic Shake, and it was, it was, it was just an original song. Yeah, the Harlem Shake, I mean, the Harlem Shake was earlier, I think, too. I think they, I think this movie was like trying, I, apparently, according to Amazon, this thing took six years to make. <laughs> I did see I that think too. they were trying to, to capitalize on trends from the past and dancing penguins and other things being at the the front of the public consciousness now we pause talking about Norm of the North to talk about the DVD of Norm of the North first yeah. did you watch the trailer I told you to watch because I texted you yeah 
Do you think that movie looks great? By great, I mean terrible. I think it looks. I think. I think if that was not in English, I would be very interested in that movie. But I think. I think the English acting and the dialogue really graded on me. But I thought it was. I mean, that was like really it some wacky moments. But I was really intrigued by that world. We're well, talking that... about Beyond Beyond. Yeah, so Beyond Beyond is the movie that I haven't even looked up other than this trailer that was on the Norm of the North DVD. Because I was curious, because really the reason I let this trailer, these trailers play, was because Norm of the North is a Lionsgate movie in 2016, and Lionsgate is not famous for their animated movies. So I'm like, what possible trailers could they have on this DVD? Like, what, what, and you know, it's stuff like Beyond Beyond, like I said, and there's like, I think a trailer for like. Alpha and Omega 4 and 5. And then the Shaun the Sheep movie, which is actually good. Like, Lionsgate put out one good movie, animated movie, and I guess it's the Shaun the Sheep movie. But the thing that stuck out to me about the Beyond, Beyond is that they named their, like, I think then they named, like, their, uh, their evil, their, their other world, uh, the Feather Kingdom, and then they repeat the world, the, the word, the Feather Kingdom, multiple times over and over again in it. Oh, this well, is I a Swedish so. film. It's just been they identi- Yeah, they identify that creature as the Feather King. Well, this movie sounds mediocre. I'm sorry that you're. We excited. know so little about it, but it looks cool. It looks like the Ollie's Chance Kids. Well, I'm looking up the Rotten Tomatoes score out of curiosity. It only has two grades logged. I believe it's a 22%. How can it be a 22% if they only have two reviews for Beyond Beyond? I don't know, I just remember, I thought I, I looked through it and I read that, but I may be thinking of another film. No, it's got a 50% because there's only two reviews logged, and one of them is positive and one of them is negative. But well, yeah, I'd like to watch that movie. I think, yeah, I, I don't know. Do we want to, like, talk about why Norm of the North sucks? So there are bonus features, alright? The bonus features are deleted scenes, do the Ar- Arctic Shake music video, which is, you know, just basically all the clips of norm dancing edited to the song um something else which i'll you know we'll just go in order deleted scenes i'm gonna read you the number of deleted scenes and i want you to guess what the total runtime of these deleted scenes were Mm -hmm. i want to give you a caveat all these scenes that are deleted are fully animated they are not storyboards they are fully finished scenes that they deleted from the movie so these scenes are flashback colon norm surprises a little girl grandpa loses his temper Socrates remembers Grandpa. Stan's broken heart. Showtime with Stan. Confused Taurus. Slivering Green. Green's evil plan. Green in the Polar Bear Council celebration dance. So that's nine scenes. How long do you think it took for me to watch these scenes? Ten minutes. Four minutes and 35 seconds. Wow. <laughs> All of these are like just alternate takes. With the exception of Slivering Green and the dance, because the dance is like just a scene where he like a separate scene where he's like, "We've got the approval to the council," like "Hooray!" and they just dance. And it's like, okay, you can cut this because you don't need it. Um, it sounds like Norm of the North had a pretty packed DVD. <laughs> no, because it, no, because here's here's my thing. All these are listed as like, you know, look at how many bonus features you have, and then you, it totals about maybe like overall probably eight minutes of like bonus features. <laughs> <laughs> it's just also separated out so it looks like more than it is. Mm-hmm. Then there's something called "That's Funny," the best one-liners of Norm of the North, which is just a montage of all the jokes in the movie with no context. 
and it's two minutes long, and none of them are funny. Wow, I'm amazed because I think of Norm of the North as a string of unrelated one-liners, so that they could pick out two minutes worth of that. These are the good ones, kids. Montage reel. That's amazing. And then the last thing was the Polar Challenge, which I took, which is a quiz about polar bears. And I got 86% on it. I got two wrong. Which were the two that you got wrong, so we can protect the listeners. I, I, they're all true or false questions. And one of them was like, penguins can go up to this speed. And I was like, I think they can go faster. So false. And it's like, nope, that's the limit. And I was like, dang it. And I don't know what the other one was, but it was the first question they asked. And I got mad I got it wrong immediately. Oh, I know what it was. I, I thought uh, polar bears didn't have web feet. Or at least they weren't called web feet. You know, I thought if they were, they weren't like, that wasn't what they were labeled. But yeah, those were the bonus ah. features on the Northern North DVD. Those sound very pleasant. It's only eight minutes long. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not like a lot, but there's a there's a variety there. At least it wasn't like, mm, you know, you could you could do like, I don't know, I, I don't know what I'm saying. I guess that it's better than nothing, and at least it's new content. I mean, but it's not new content. Well, it's literally one of its two minutes of here's the montage of the best jokes in our movie. You're right. I have nothing good to say. <laughs> or, or it's like the deleted scene is like an alternate take, where like Socrates, like Socrates and my grandpa. I, I watched that. I was like, I'm trying to figure out what here is new. I think it's just Socrates going like, "Oh yes, your grandpa had this gift too, but he didn't use it well." And I think it's just the, "But he didn't use it well." Is what's added to this deleted scene. <laughs> you know, it's like this is a delete. This, this is literally an extra bit of line you cut. For some reason, because there's no reason Norm of the North can't be 94 minutes long, rather than 90 minutes. It's not like you were, like, intensely testing this movie. He's like, this will greatly improve the film if we caught this dance scene that we finished. Mm -hmm. Like, Well, I kind of, I think that's a positive about Norm of the North, is that it has a sense of, like, three-act structure. Even though nothing is connected, it is like, oh, well, about three-fourths of the way through the movie, everything's gonna be lit dark and everyone's gonna be sad and before that we're gonna have an action set piece and before that we're going to have a dance number so i can i can see them going through it at the end and being like oh well we have one too many dance numbers in here we'll take out that one or this take doesn't this doesn't i guess it's just, it's just weird to think that this movie had care put into it even though i'm sure there was care put into it <laughs> i think there was care put into it but it's it's all disconnected. I think I feel like Norm of the North is like if you took the movies that you say you hate, like The Nut Job and The Minions and the Emoji Movie, and then they were like three, three or four different movies, and then because of so many notes, they had to combine a bunch of these different bad movies into one movie, and that's how we got Norm of the North, and that's why Norm of the North is fast-paced and maybe you say not as bad as some of these other movies because it's just combining pieces from it's all the good stuff things. and all the bad stuff combined but since there's more good stuff i like it more even if there's more bad stuff. well no it's about the same level of bad stuff you know um what is what is a good stuff the dancing <laughs> just leave it. That's like there's good dancing. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's nice that they thought of a dance. I mean, I get that you don't like the character, and the character is annoying, but I do think that 
Ken Jong's voice performance here is like way more engaged than anyone else in this movie. <laughs> Where I can see why test like if they were like, yeah, you tested the grip best. It's like yeah, because it, it Ken Jong is the only one who actually feels like he wants to be here voice wise. And also, he's the only one you're doing, like, an actual animation style with where, like, his his arms move, like, very wavily. Whereas everyone else is, like, you know, very stiff movement. So, inherently, he sticks out just because it's like, okay, like, you're trying something here that isn't just, I know him and I like to dance. I hope they don't ruin my home. Oh, no. Yeah. It's funny. I forget that Rob Schneider does have a pretty good voice, but... I I, the thing is, I don't even remember, like... Ken Jong is the only voice actor here that I really recognize. Whenever I have to think this is Rob Schneider, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I haven't watched a lot of Rob Schneider stuff because this is just whatever to me. It's just, that's Norm. How do you think that, like, should we keep watching this movie? Should we, like, pass this on to our children? No. Or, okay, good. I think that what we should do is take the lessons of it as lifelong lessons and always remember them mm -hmm. don't buy houses in the arctic and charter school's bad which is the entire thing we didn't even talk we didn't touch on in this yeah well this this movie's full of the kind of politics of someone uh, uh, that's i i kind of <laughs> it's just it's, it definitely has some politics in here well, I'm trying to think of it because what it really is is just like hack politics. I feel like this is someone that is, you know, well known if if you're in like performing arts and stuff like that. It seems to be made by people who hate everyone and think that they're like right about everything and they, you know, are kind of like right-leaning and they'll lash out at green energy corporations or like the intelligentsia see for whatever reason and that what's, that all annoys me because it's like i don't know i could watch a film like that but it's it's also just like the the most common stupid joke that you can make if you're not trying to write anything i think it's interesting to make that connection to mr green because i guess now i can see like him as like because now you're back, like, in January 2016, right, when you say that. Because in January 2016, yes, now you mentioned it, I guess he is probably, like, viewed as, like... Because, well, I'll be very honest, like, right now, uh, Elon Musk is, like... Well, we all hate him, but, like, in January 2016, we were like, oh, yeah, that guy's, like, cool, all right for a rich guy, you know? He seems okay, you know? People weren't, like... He wasn't didn't reveal his truth. So I guess, like, yeah, Mr. Green can come off as, like, a... I, uh, now I watch it like, oh, it's just like, you know, a Trump guy. You know, like a Trump villain in a kid's movie. But now it's like, oh, yeah, I guess I could see, like, the New Age stuff being, like, you know, obviously it's a parody of the Steve Jobs person. But to me, also, it's just real estate. I'm like, okay, so Trump, and it's Green Tower, so it's like Trump. But actually, you know what the funniest gag in this movie is? Side note, sorry, this just popped in my head talking about this. Is, um, it's after that scene I keep mentioning, the scene that I start talking during, is when the model home, like, gets put on New York... And it just goes down this, like, road that is way too wide for any road in New York City. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like, they're not even trying to make this, like, look like New York. Yeah. When was that? Like, when he comes back? When he comes to New York for the first time, he's the model home's, like, put on a car that's, like, driven down, like, a road. But the road is, like, insanely wide because the house is super wide. And it's, like, 
But it's like clearly like drive. It's not like a suburb. It's clearly driving into like Manhattan, and it's like what? What road are you on that this is something you can do in New York? Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I actually think it's a fairly good representation of New York. At least the New York that I extremely dislike, which is very like big and clean and full of rich evil people. It's it's very much like NBC in the morning, New York. I felt like it was not crowded enough to be New York ever to me. It always felt too... And I, I think sure that's because it's, you know, animation's cheap. But the animation, like, it's just very sparse environments. There's nothing there. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, I think that's a that's a cheapness thing. What do you think of, um, Vera? I, I had a moment where I was like, uh, oh, Heather Graham, that's right. Um, she's fine. I, it's It's very hard to care about her. Everyone in this movie just seems terrible. And I know I complained about them earlier for making everyone terrible. So it's like, what, you know, can I, can I imagine them being some other way other than the way that they're written? But I can't. And I just am, am frustrated by her. Like, why is she part of this evil organization? She, she seems so stupid. There's a moment, well, everyone's stupid. Everyone just assumes Norm is in a very good suit. Um, which is, I never seen it, but whatever, it's a kid's movie. That's something where it's like, you know, there are, there are actual issues with this movie, so I don't care about, like, the suspension of disbelief on that thing. But, mm-hmm. um, there's a moment pretty late on in the movie where, but not, like, in the third act, before the third act, where the daughter is talking to Norm, and he's like, and I was like, your mom's doing this because she cares for you. And, like, the girl says something. I can't remember. It, it really, I wish I had written it down. She says something where it's like, I just wish she'd spend more time with me. And it's like, no, you don't. Like, that's not what her story's been. The story's been that you want to get into this thing and you think you're confident enough to do it on your own. The story here is that your mom isn't confident in you. It's not that she doesn't want to spend time with you. And I got really upset at that. Was like the moment. That's the one moment. I was like, "That's stupid." Like, have they not been watching the movie they've given us up to this point? This is not a problem. She has. If anything, her mom cares too much about her. She's not asking for mom to come home. She's asking for mom to trust in her ability to do things. Got me Even very. Even though upset. she already does. I mean, she. But she doesn't trust her, her enough to get into that school on her own. Without Mr. Green's help. But she, but she can't though. You need a recommendation for to be able to get into that school. It's not some vague thing. She says it's stupid, but she says that you need a recommendation letter from alumni. Um, this film really does go out of its way to present some hard goals to be achieved. There's that line at the end where it's like, we have to get these boats to the Arctic because once they're built, you have to keep financing them because of the terms of the contract, and that creates the stakes so that Norm and his dad have to go save the... Grandpa. Yeah, Grandpa. <laughs> um, Norm and his grandpa have to go destroy the boat or whatever. I, will, I would just say that about that. The movie knows when it's like, whoops, we have to... We have to create a goal here. Another really funny moment with movies in the third act, when, you know, they're on that boat, it's really dramatic, and Norm, like, starts sinking, and then we get a really dramatic, like, montage of basically the entire film up to that point, where I think one thing was out of order, and it really threw me that, like, they weren't going in order, 
Um, we go through that whole montage, and then Norm closes his eyes, and we cut to black. And I was like, dang, that's hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the movie I'm going, I was like, oh, never mind. No, I think it, it cuts first though, to Mr. Green being like, yes, I succeeded. So it's like, dang. <laughs> Did you like Mr. Green? I I said I thought he was the best part of this, however, than the Lemmings. He did get annoying at points. I do want to mention, of the deleted scenes, the one thing I forgot to mention that I do want to mention is the slivering one, which is like, I said there were two things that cut out, like that are at, not just alternate takes. One of them is the dance scene, but then there's the slivering scene where it's like, he goes, that person smells like polar bear, and he goes to his secret lair, and you know, in the movie proper, he just goes to talk to, like, his secretary. In this deleted scene, it's like a solid 45 seconds of him, like, sniffing on the ground, slivering like a snake. And there's, like, no actual bit to it, other than, like, the over-longness of it. I was like, this is bizarre. I don't, like, this feels to me more like an animation test that they decided, like, maybe we can put this in the film? And they tested it, like, nah, it's too weird. Yeah, I feel like... I, I mean, you say that Ken Jong sounds like he wants to be there, but I just feel like he was miscast. I mean, he, sure. He, he plays it a little too real. Everyone's a little miscast. I think Bill Nye probably got very paid for because he gets the end credit, but it's also like, why Why is Bill Nye do Why did Bill Nye feel like he had to be here? <laughs> I mean, you gotta, it's, it's like fine work, I guess. I don't, you know, you know, there, there's nothing about this which, which is exceptionally repulsive so why not take the money and like he was Bill Nye to me uh, along with like dramatic things he's done and people know him from the what is the movie Valentine's of the Caribbean oh well people Valentine's know I'm, I'm like building to Pirates, oh Love Actually I think. Love Actually love, sorry Love I, Actually my favorite role is Davy Jones yeah. is that like like oh what a fun part that would have been he's fine with me but so I watched The Sweatbox, which we talked about last episode, and it's about the making of The Emperor's New Groove and how there was a big shift in the middle when they switched their director and they just changed the story around a lot. And it it made me pretty sympathetic for this movie. So I hate it, but I also get that just, like, there could just be so many notes that you're not going to make anything coherent or whatever unless you have a very strong hand and I feel maybe that's maybe this is diagnosing from afar but I feel like Trevor Wall maybe was not the guy to bring all these things together I'm curious if he was always because there's really no detailed production it does feel like the type of animated movie where it's really like the studio's first really big attempt and so they're constantly bringing in new people and the person with the director credit is like the last person to touch it Mm -hmm. I feel like that's very possible but also it could just be you know me assuming and I shouldn't assume because we all know Norma the Dorf if it's taught us anything it's never to assume you know speaking of company uh, oversight I was watching something before we came on about the Norma of the North Twitter account yes and we need to talk I about the Norma of the North Twitter a account context about that I don't know the the video the video made sort of a compelling case that it may have all been a stunt by Lionsgate but Basically, if you don't know what the Norm of the North Twitter account was, it's the Norm of the North up. Twitter account. Yeah, well, it's still up, but it's like dead pretty much now. Um, for about for a long time, it was just a corporate Twitter account posting things about the movie, and then about a year ago, it started posting like deranged things, uh, like with new Norm in a Supreme jacket, and 
and it would just post things like, they'll let me tweet whatever I want. <laughs> and, like, Norm has yeah, type 2 diabetes. The last tweet it has is, I just got a call from Lionsgate. This is the end. <laughs> That's from last October. <laughs> I thought it was from this past December. Isn't that December 22? Uh, October 9th, 2022. That's the oh, last tweet. Okay. Oh, well, but, like, okay. Norm of the North was an inside job. Norm likes, Norm likes his ice pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sad now because I did see something that was pretty much like they wouldn't let this thing exist if it wasn't some corporate scheme. But I don't know. It's something something to go check out if you ever want some some giggles. I mean, I get that, but it's also just like I, you know, what, actually, you know, what, I do think it's a bit because I see now in June 2021, Lionsgate has a tweet, okay, where it says. What five film and it's like written in the same like lowercase style the rest of them in the Norm count is. What five movies are you confident you've seen at least ten times? One, Norm of the North, two, Norm of the North Kings of the Kingdom, three, Norm of the North King Size Adventure, four, Norm of the North Family Vacation, five, American Psycho. Uh, and so I do think it probably is a bit, but you know, like no one bought Norm of the North because of this you know like no one no no one was like i think we're here because of that though no I we're here because like of the poster goes, well there's the poster and then i i don't know i feel like the tweets gave the poster meaning like the tweets made the film seem extra bad and that's why we're here years later it would be fine if you just had the poster but we you know it didn't it wasn't just like you know you had a poster of this bad movie but it wasn't like legendary the this was have definitely kept our like, alive. This was definitely a bit because you can see one during all this they're advertising still the direct video sequels at points. Um, there's a bit of corporate synergy here, even though I think this might have been no, this was after Netflix bought it, but there's a tweet that goes Norm the Norm Norm has joined the cast of Knives Out 2, um, which to me is very subtly good. But then this is the big one, Lionsgate on April twenty first, twenty twenty one, their prank is a script. That says confidential Lionsgate from Lionsgate legal department. Subject John Wick for script. One, do not share the following working script. Two, do not believe give it to your social media managers as their recent actions have led to major PR legal issues. And it says John Wick Chapter Four working title Baba Yaga of the North. <laughs> Topical. Yeah. <laughs> well. It's a good bit, though. I still think it's a good bit. I I support the Norm of the North bit. Yeah. I mean, that that is just kind of how Lionsgate tweets. Do you have... What are your other thoughts about Norm of the North? Well, I want to get back to this thing about Lionsgate, because you just mentioned it. Well, I do think it's interesting to look at Norm of the North in the context of Lionsgate and where Lionsgate is today. Because my mom, earlier this week, went to see the Jesus Revolution, and she told me I should go check it out. I probably won't. Uh, mm-hmm. But she's like, there's a lot of Lionsgate movies coming out because that's a Lionsgate movie, and it's like, um, you know, when you see a movie, it's from the studio. You get more trailers from that studio than any other studio, and so um, I was like, you know, you're right because I went to see Operation Fortune Rouge de Guar, which is another Lionsgate film last week, and I was very surprised I didn't get the John Wick Four trailer. John Wick 4 is Lionsgate, you know, you'd think that's, like, the same audience. But we're in this time right now where Lionsgate is this weekend probably having a huge opener. And this November, I my, my big hot box office take this year, are you ready for it? I think domestically the new Hunger Games movie will be in the top five of the year. 
because I think, unlike Fantastic Beasts, where Fantastic Beasts, you know, didn't do well because it wasn't what people wanted from Harry Potter, was the characters. I think what people always like, even though people liked Katniss, what people liked about the Hunger Games movies were the literal Hunger Games. And this movie is about a literal Hunger Games. And it's from the guy who made the first ones. And I think there is like a weird amount of nostalgia for the Hunger Games as a franchise. So I think the Hunger Games movie will do quite well, even if it is a prequel. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, Lionsgate's in this interesting thing right now where it's like, holy shit, they have so many movies coming out. I don't I don't know where I'm going with this other than Lionsgate. They exist. Do you know what? Well, Damn, do you know that Lionsgate do, had one of their only Best Picture nominees the same year Norm of the North came out? No. It's La La Land. You know, also, another one I had in mind to maybe do as an April Fool's one. Maybe we'll do it down the road, not next year, because we already have next year's locked and loaded. But when I was a child, we went to see Happily Never After, because I demanded we see a kid's movie, and it was terrible. Mm-hmm. And that's also Lionsgate. You know, I'm yeah, looking at I mean, Lionsgate's they... franchises. Let's let's go through... I'm going to go through them very quickly. I like Pacific Rim, but even Pacific Rim is kind of like... Pacific Rim isn't Lionsgate. That's Warner Brothers. Oh. oh. So... Going through Is Lionsgate, Pan's I will tell Lionsgate? you... Who, who did Lions? What? I will tell you Lionsgate's franchises right now. I'm skipping the acquired ones, because that removes Twilight. And I'm skipping the... Well, you know what? I'll keep... I'll just keep the ones... I'll keep, I'll just say them all. Les Boys, American Psycho, Cube, Leprechaun, but that begins in 2003, because they acquired it from someone. Saw, which is probably their best franchise. The Punisher, Hostel, Medea, very successful franchise for them. Um, they apparently had the direct-to-video um, rights to the Marvel animation in the 2000s. Happily Never After, Twilight, Rambo, but 2008 onward. Alpha and Omega, The Expendables, Sinister, The Hunger Games, Step Up, Now You See Me, Escape Plan, John Wick, Divergent, Sicario, Norma the North, Blair Witch, Rock Dog, Hitman's Bodyguard, Hellraiser, but that's a new Hellraiser and Children of the Corn. They only had distribution rights briefly, and then they lost Knives Out, and then they got Clerks Three. I think it's pretty clear that John Wick and Hunger Games are like the good ones in there, and it's everything else. <laughs> well, even John Wick and the Hunger Games are like they're fun action, but like you know they're not. I don't know. I really like John Wick, and I remember liking the Hunger Games, but they haven't stuck with me as being like oh man the hunger games big part of my life i do want to it's, revisit the hunger games though because hunger games were they weren't like a big part of my life but they were a big part of the zeitgeist when they were coming out you know but even even that it's it's kind of like john i mean john wick is fun because of how it plays with the the genre and hunger games i think is was just surprising because of how energetic those movies are but again they're like well, those movies, like movies were huge. This was always crazy. The Hunger Games movies were like the biggest thing when they were coming out. Like they, people don't realize this, but like the Hunger Games, the first two made more money than any Harry Potter movie ever did, at least in the U.S. So in the U.S., they were bigger deals than Harry Potter, hmm. which is crazy. Um, what I was gonna say also with Hunger Games, which I think is related to Nerd of the North, which is you know I said this trailer was. I'm pretty sure with Star Wars, I think it was also with the last Hunger Games movie, and it would have been attached to it because it was a Lionsgate movie. So it's just like crazy. Like those are two like huge movies. Although Hunger Games last one disappointed the box office a little bit, but actually, if you ever look at the box office of like October, November 2015, it's really interesting. 
Because everything besides... From the Martian's like the last movie to do well then. And then from the Martian to Star Wars, everything does under expectations because everyone's too excited for Star Wars to go see another movie. Just a really fascinating like thing about the hype of Star Wars that it made Hunger Games disappoint. It made Spectre disappoint. Although Spectre's quality also kind of made it disappoint too. Alright, I, 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 don't, I don't know. This side, it's Norm of the North, you know? We can, <laughs> like, we, can, we can wrap it up with Norm of the North. I don't mind not saying very much about Norm of the North. I think I think a big thing for me was I watched Happy Feet and then I just wanted to talk about Happy Feet because Norm I watched of the Intergalactic. North. I oh yeah, I didn't watch the one thing you told me to watch. I mean, it's okay. We don't need to talk about that it. anyway. It's not. Yeah, it's but fine. I mean, that's just that's just what it is. If you want to have a better time, go watch Happy Feet and... or Intergalactic. Well, well I'm, I'm just saying. saying I'm just because... saying. Sorry, go on. Sorry. I'm saying that because Norm of the North is making fun of other movies. Norm of the North doesn't seem to know much about the world except for like cliches of working in Hollywood. So go watch Nope. Um, which nope of the North does everything or is better. Is it Nope of the North? Which one? <laughs> I think it's it's got to be Nope of the North. Okay. Um, but I don't know what that means. But yeah, what do you? I'm gonna I'm gonna give this film a DVD of Happy Feet. <laughs> there are a lot of options here. I could give it an extended cut that in, in adds two minutes to the film because really that four minutes and three five seconds includes so much like recap of like the scene actually in the movie. So it's probably like two minutes at the most. Um, I could give this film. A, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to see you, but it's April Fool's Day. I'm moving at a fucking Wolf Beaver Christian. <laughs> like, that's what it gets. <laughs> Magical. So, Danny, what are we yeah. doing next time? We're doing what I said we're going to do this time. We're going to do Presto and Your Friend the Rat. Oh, I'm excited for these. Yeah. Not in that order. Your way around. It doesn't really matter, I guess, what order we watch. This was produced, this this not this episode, but this film, Normal the North, by the way, was produced by Mike Young, which sounds like your evil twin. <laughs> uh, remember, everyone, uh, see you on the other side, whichever side that ends up being, which is the line <laughs> that Cole Meany says to Norm. Looking for the Ocean is produced by Mark Young and Danny Vincent. Our original artwork was done by Sarah Knopf, and each episode is edited by me. If you'd like to be notified about new episodes, you can find us on Facebook at Looking for the Ocean of Pixar Journey, on Twitter at Pixar Journey, on Instagram at Looking for the Ocean Pod, and on our website, lookingforTheOceanPixar.podbean.com. If you want to know what I'm up to or find me on social media, you can head over to markyoungperformer.com. And if you'd like to see all my takes on all the movies, you can find me on Letterboxd at Blankman's. If you'd like to hear me on another podcast, I also have The Snub Club, a podcast about film history. We'll see you next time. See you next time.